This morning, I'm going to uh, continue this series. And for those of you who have been wondering... It's 6 a.m. on another unexpected snowy day in Chicago. But that hasn't deterred these volunteers who are delivering Passover food to Chicagoans in need. The event was organized by Mount Hitim, a Jewish nonprofit that has been doing this for over a century. We never expected a response like we did, especially in such poor weather. And we were overwhelmed with the response. 1,500 volunteers packed these boxes over the last three weeks. Thank you. The one unique thing about our organization is that you see from beginning to finish what you're doing. You build a box, you put the food in the box, and you can actually deliver the box. Each box has everything a family needs for Passover Seder. Chicken, matzah, eggs, and it was all purchased with money from private donations. We have people all across the board who come and volunteer. We... It's a lot of Jewish families and youth groups, but it's also people who aren't Jewish who come and volunteer and they want to give back to the community. It's great just to do something small that could really be very helpful for people. Mike Horowitz has been volunteering for over 30 years. You actually wind up getting more back when you see the faces of the people that you deliver to, and there are a lot of times they're isolated and hungry for social contact, so there's a lot of feedback too. The boxes will feed about 15,000 people, from Holocaust survivors to college students to elderly people in low-income housing. Some residents at the village center have banded together to have a joint Seder. For some people who are by themselves, this is even better because they're still feeling like they're sharing with somebody. Going to people's doors is the final step in giving back to the community. It makes the whole process more personal and evokes feelings of gratitude from everyone involved. In Skokie, Josephine Chu, Medell Reports. Okay, very good. Um, I wanted to show that before my sermon, because you'll notice, those of you who keep track of it, that every once in a while I'll throw a new article out on the, uh, on the information table, often uh, from articles as religiously based as the Wall Street Journal. And recently in the Wall Street Journal, Uh, this woman, Andrea Peterson, wrote an article asking the question, are you lonely? Are you, anybody feel lonely? Yeah. You know, that's, it's an epidemic. Ask the medical people. Loneliness is a real problem today for all kinds of reasons. You know what one of the solutions for loneliness is, according to this article and other articles? Yes. Serving others. Serving others. How do you beat loneliness? Go get involved in the life of another person. That's how you beat loneliness. And so it's a great article. I encourage you to read it. But it goes right along with what I, in essence, want to end with today in my sermon. We're doing a sermon series on the Messianic Jewish life. You may ask, why am I doing a sermon series on the Messianic Jewish life? A couple of reasons, not the least of which is this. Uh, I'm going to be teaching on this a little Zahn consultation uh, in Los Angeles in April. And God willing, I'm going to write a book. Partly because, you know what, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of confusion in our movement, and I'd like to at least have something clear that I can just give to somebody. So for two weeks, actually even before, we talked about faith from the book of Habakkuk. How do people come come into right relationship with God? By faith, by faith in the Hebrew Scriptures. How do people come into right relationship with God according to the New Testament? By faith. We talked about that for two weeks. Two weeks. 
Last week and the week before, well, I was sick last week, so the week before, Book of Romans. People come into right relationship with God by faith. All right? Being made righteous comes only by God's righteous action. That is an important point within the biblical text. If you are here and you go, wow, you know, I, I, yeah, that's, God loves me and I know that and I'm in relationship with him, it's because it's his action on your behalf. You know, so much of the text needs to be understood as the amazing love of God. The amazing love of God. God loves you, all right? Maybe not everybody loves you. Maybe not everybody likes you. But God always loves you (laughs) in the fullest sense of what that means because he created you. Now, if you are his child... What that literally means is that the love is without condemnation and it is ongoing, both in this world and the world to come. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because I just want to communicate very simply that this righteousness is a result of his love and it's by his action, not by your action. It could never be by your action because you can't do enough to to make yourself good enough. Again, also clearly taught out of the Hebrew Scriptures, all right? The good news, the Bessaron, you'll notice some of this I swiped right from my Galatians study, which I taught about two years ago, whenever it was. The Bessaron, good news is that God brings us into right relationship with him despite our sinfulness, without our own effort, solely through our faith in Messiah Yeshua's atonement, all right? So again, just to reiterate, because I'm kind of transitioning, we're going to talk about works today works, doing stuff, okay? But it's all predicated on this amazing relationship with God. It's because of this that we are able to to do amazing things for God. That's the right direction, okay? God's love, God bringing us into relationship with him despite our sinfulness, our salvation, that is first, Efforts of any kind do not make us righteous before God. Remember, that's what we really were talking about for two weeks. Romans 1, Romans 3. Efforts of any kind do not make us righteous before God. God's righteousness is available for those who will believe in it. That's the sad reality, is how many people know this, it rattles around in their mind, but they don't actually believe in it. They're aware of it but they don't believe in it. I'm aware of a pretty darn good piece of carrot cake over in New York because uh, Elisa and her dad went and they, uh, they got a piece. It was pretty good, right? I was aware of it, but I didn't have a personal knowledge of it because I ran out of time. I didn't get to go get a piece for myself. I didn't... I didn't take advantage of the opportunity. I lost out. How many people are like that? They've heard about the love of God. I I talk with people about it. They're aware of the love of God, but they're not willing to, in essence, get intimate with it. (laughs) They're not really willing to, to, to take advantage of it for themselves. They're not really willing to cross the line and accept God's love for them and accept that through Yeshua is atonement for sin in that relationship. 
It's said, it's available, but people must believe in it. How many of you know people that know all about the gospel message? They just don't buy into it. A bunch of my family members, people I know. They're aware of it, but they don't buy into it. My mother-in-law could, could give me the gospel message. She refused to believe it. A couple of theological words. I hope you're familiar with these. If not, justification and justified. These are terms that are theologically deep. Okay? Justification is, and you'll notice the, the red to make, justification is the act by which God brings people into right relationship with himself. I was, the easiest way to understand it is justification is just as if I'd never sinned. What does our president just, he, he commuted some sentences, he pardoned some people. What's the one that uh, if he gives you, if the president says this, then you are pardoned completely and your record is expunged. What is that? Well, but, but some there's commuting of sentence, right? Do you, do you know that when God justifies us, he looks at us and sees only our holiness? That's really important. He looks at us and he sees us as holy. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he has done. Remember, it's his action. So justified is a really, you know, justification is an amazing thing that God does for us. And the and justified is the status. That's why I've got the two red there. One's act, one is status. The status, it's how he views us. We are sinless and righteous before him, not because of what we do, but because of what he has done and how we have believed in Yeshua's atonement. Living a genuine life of faith in Messiah Yeshua will lead to real transformation in your life, though. And that's what we're going to talk about. Because that's the, that's the bummer. It's the bummer. Not what you know, it's who you know. It's like Israel. It's not what you know, it's who you know. Who you know in authenticity. Who you know in intimacy. That's, that's really important for us to understand as believers in Yeshua. One of the things, my wife and I were talking about this, is, is that there's so many people that, that uh, believe, but their lives are not really being affected by what they believe. The biblical text constantly, Shaul, Paul, and Peter, and James, they're constantly talking about the fact that you guys need to change. Live out your salvation, you know? Work out your salvation. Search and see if you're really justified. Why are they saying that constantly throughout the New Testament text? Why are they emphasizing works in the New Testament text? It's because the only indication of a transformed life is a transformed life. It's not filling out blanks on a sheet of paper and having right answers. It's the things that we are doing. It's the outcome of a, of a life that has been impacted by a belief in the Messiah. Here, simply summed up, we start into a relationship with God by faith, trusting in God's grace. That's how it all starts. Maybe you're here and you, you do believe. 
All right? You have come to accept Yeshua's atonement for yourself. You have come into a right relationship with God. But there's a strengthening issue. We strengthen our relationship with God as we grow in our faith, trusting in God's grace. The strengthening comes in time as we apply and live out God's instructions. We're going to look at James chapter 2, so take a look at it. I'm going to just make, frankly, a couple of points. James chapter 2. And if this sounds redundant, you're like, I've heard this before, then you must be a saint And you are a saint if you believe in Messiah Yeshua, but you must be much better than me because I need to be reminded. I need to constantly be reminded of what it means to put away my sinfulness and to live out God's expectation for my life. So if you find this to be boring, then you are certainly a stronger believer than me. James chapter 2. Take a look at verse 14. This is page 1160 in the Congregational Tanakh. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can such faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in shalom, keep warm and well fed, but you do not give them what the body needs, what good is that? So also faith, if it does not have works, is dead. See, basically, these couple of verses, workless faith is a result of a worthless faith. Makes sense, right? If you say that uh, you're a mathematician, but you can't add numbers, are you a mathematician? No. If you call yourself a baker, but you cannot boil eggs, are you a baker? Or a cook, I should say, right? Maybe that's better, but differentiate. But the point is, is that if you are, say you are something, then there should be something that comes out of it. A workless faith is basically what he's saying is a result of a worthless faith. If there's no works coming out of the way you're living, nothing obvious, nothing coming out of you that's, that's, that's uh, indicative of a changed life in Messiah, then maybe there's nothing there. And then uh, take a look at the uh, verse 18. It says, but someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one, you do well. The demons also believe in shudder. But do you want to know, you empty person, that faith without works is dead? And then he mentions Abraham, and he mentions Rahav as two individuals who practiced faith. And then he ends up by saying, for just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. You know, Martin Luther tore this book of James out of his Bible. (laughs) Why? Because he was really big into salvation by grace through faith. And then he went on to get really pissed off at the Jews. And he missed something. That being a follower of the Messiah Yeshua is a balance between being in relationship with God and doing what God has commanded us to do. It's not one or the other. Many years ago, a bunch of people even here were uh, talking about, you know, what's better, being or doing? And at that particular time, nobody was listening to me. But what I was trying to communicate is, Being always leads to doing. If there's a problem with wanting to do, there's a chance that maybe the problem's on the being side. A lot of people do do, and they don't have much of a relationship with God either. That's a problem. But being always leads to doing. It's a balance. It's a balance.
Grace, I love this. I came up with this. I'm going to trademark this. Without law, the scriptures, as I like to clarify, we would not know grace. You know, they say the young people that I don't know, you shouldn't be having sex before marriage. Why? Because nobody tells them it's wrong. It's just normal today. Of course, it's sin. Just like all sexual activity outside of marriage between a man and a woman, according to the biblical text, is sin. So I don't care who you're sleeping with. If you're not married to them, according to the biblical definition of marriage, it's not marriage and it's sin. That way it's easy. It's equitable. (laughs) But if people don't know, they don't know. So, frankly, you can't understand the grace of God until you can understand how far away from God you are. If you're like, I'm pretty good... Maybe you don't understand God's grace. I know that I am sinful. I don't know about you. Maybe you can go, yeah, 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 you're sinful, Rabbi Glee. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you get mad. I've seen you, you're sinful. Okay, fine. How about you? You know, there was a great line. Uh, Char- uh, Warren Wearsby, whose books we have in our Schubach Library and Study Center, he gave a sermon once and he said, if you knew the reality of my heart and the depth of my sinfulness, You wouldn't even bother to hear me preach. And then he said, but truth is, if I knew the reality of your heart and the depth of your sinfulness, I wouldn't bother to preach to you. Do you understand your own depravity? If you don't, you can't really appreciate the amazing grace of God. Isn't that interesting? You are loved. That's what's fascinating. We started with this, right? God loves you. God wants to bless you. He wants to have a relationship with you. But he needs you to recognize that he is God. And that only through your faith in Messiah Yeshua are you able to come into relationship with him. And that to grow that relationship, once you're in it, you have to be willing to live your life his way. That is, in essence, a critical piece of what it means to live the believing life. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. To live the Messianic Jewish life means that we are living our lives in such a way that we're pleasing God and strengthening on a day-to-day basis that relationship with God. If you can say, hopefully you can say, this year I know over the course of this last year that my relationship with God has been strengthened because of X, Y, and Z. Maybe it's because you've been reading scripture more. Maybe it's because you have put away some sinful influence in your life. Or maybe at the core of it all is simply a desire in a, in a new way to walk more closely in relationship with God. All of that's amazing and valuable. And it's a, it's a work. It's a work. It's an effort on your part to strengthen and grow your relationship with God. The reality of our faith in Messiah Yeshua is proven by the actions of our lives. If you walk in to services and you walk out and how you are here is completely different from how you are out there, then you have to question where your relationship with God is. I'm not saying people can't get involved in horrific bad sin. I've had to deal with some people involved in some pretty ridiculous sinful habits in the last few years. Almost to the point, I just want to throw up my hands and go, what is wrong? What is wrong, people? But you know what? God, he's not throwing up his hands. He's not pulling out his hair. All right? He's not losing his hair. He's simply saying, okay, are you, are you ready now to 
Just confess that and walk more closely with me. Are you willing to change? Are you willing to change? All right, a couple of things to review. Faith alone in Messiah Yeshua's atonement brings justification. Faith alone in Messiah Yeshua's atonement brings justification. Are you justified? That's, that's, a, that's, just, that's the one question I would say. Are you really justified? And, and the, the quick answer right now is, is two, well, two, two things to just kind of probe. Do you know for sure if you were to die today, you would be in eternity with, with God? If you don't know, then you're not justified. Okay? That's critical. So if you don't know, then talk to me. Get, get an understanding. Experience the justification. The righteousness of God by faith. All right? Two, two, our efforts of any kind, including observing the Torah, do not provide justification. Listen, we're a synagogue. I, should, I speak all the time. Keep the mitzvahs, you know. Keep kosher, keep Shabbat. Why? You're, you're Jews. This is a Jewish community. All right? We're living in observance of God's instruction. Just so happens that that portion of the Torah is God's instruction for us. It's scripture for us to observe. Just like read your Bible, pray every day is, is not a suggestion from the biblical text. When Paul says, study your, to show yourself approved unto God, that's not a suggestion, that's law. Are you not under law? Yeah, you're not under the condemnation of the law, but you're under the law of God's instruction, his scripture. All that scripture is there to tell you what it is you need to do in order to grow your relationship with God. So it is with the Torah. All right, now... Comes the traditions and stuff, okay, fine, you know, we can go back and forth and argue about this or that. But when it comes to God's instruction in the Torah, that is our scripture. Observe it. Do what it says. All right? Not for salvation, but just to grow in your relationship with God and live as God has asked you to live. Finally, living a genuine life of faith in Messiah Yeshua will lead to real transformation in your life, resulting in righteous action. If you are not if you don't even know what I'm talking about there, that goes back to the fact that potentially you're not justified. Potentially you're not, you're not renewed in Messiah. You really don't believe. You know about, but you don't have that personal relationship with. How strong is your desire to have a growing and vibrant relationship with God? Are you believing in Messiah Yeshua's atonement, sacrificing atonement on your behalf? And do the actions and priorities of your life reflect your stated belief in Messiah Yeshua's sacrifice for you? These are hard questions, but I think they're important questions. Right? We're talking about the Messianic Jewish life. It's not what you know, it's who you know. How do you get into the Messianic Jewish life? It's by being in relationship with God through our Messiah Yeshua. It's who you know. So, do you have a saving faith? And then the Messianic Jewish life, knowing God leads to serving God and others. Going back to the video and the piece of paper and works. Knowing God leads to serving God and others. Chew on that. Next week I'm going to talk about it one more time and then we're going to go into some aspects of this that are a little bit different. But what are you, what are you doing? You are a believer in Yeshua, you're hopefully growing that relationship with God. What are you actually doing for God on the job? 
Are you opening your mouth? Are you speaking with others? In your neighborhood, among your family members? Are you using your spiritual gifts? If you say you don't know what they are, what are you doing to fight, figure them out? What are you doing? How has knowing God led you to serving God and others? Is your saving faith a working faith? Let's close with a word of prayer. God, we thank you for the fact that you are God. You love us. You have brought us, you have made relationship with you possible for those who are willing to believe, to believe in Messiah Yeshua's atonement, for those who are willing to desire to know you and be in relationship with you. God, I pray that each and every one of us would indeed be justified, that we would actually be in relationship with you. For those who are not, I pray that today would be their day of salvation, that they would really humble themselves before you and accept Yeshua's atonement for themselves. So often, God, we struggle because of the pressures of life. Help us, God, to, to, to cry out to you, to ask you to strengthen us, Give us a sense of what it is and how it is you want us to live our lives. You've got us in so many different places doing so many different things. Help us, God, within those places and in doing those things to be a testimony for you as a light to others. God, you brought us together as a community to be a public testimony for Yeshua. Give us understanding as to what it is that we should be doing here within this place to help magnify this testimony, this communal testimony. Give us, again, leading in wisdom to follow you, to serve you, and through you, God, to serve others. We pray all this in Yeshua's name.